Hello and welcome to another episode of the Vincast. My name is James Gasbrook, also known as the Intrepid Wino. And last week I went to what has been one of the historically iconic days in the wine calendar here in Melbourne. It was actually the uh, what was formerly known as the Royal Melbourne Wine Show, now named the Melbourne Wine Awards, the Trophy Winners Lunch. Um, and it was it's done in, now it's done in conjunction with Wine Communicators of Australia. So I went along to that and met with um, a number of my uh, WCA uh, colleagues um, and also some of the trophy winners, including uh, Tom Carson, who won this year's Jimmy Watson Trophy. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, Jimmy Watson's um, is a wine bar in Carlton on Ligon Street, and many years ago they actually uh, introduced an award at the Melbourne Wine Show for the best one-year-old red wine. At the time, the wine... Uh, had to be in barrel, but um, several years ago they changed the rules so that it could be a wine that was already in bottle. And um, the, w- one of the momentous things about um, Tom Carson from Yabby Lake winning this award was that it's actually the first time a Pinot Noir has won it, I think, in a, uh, over 50 years. So it was a pretty uh, amazing feat for, for them to have done that. Um, I mean, Australia, obviously, for red wine, is particularly well-known for things like Shiraz and Cabernet Sauvignon. So the fact that a Pinot Noir um, has won it uh, really does sort of show how much quality has improved with um, wines made from that grape uh, and also how trends have sort of changed, tastes, education, that kind of thing has um, allowed uh, a, a Pinot Noir wine to, to win that award. So for today's episode, I've actually got my first European guest. Uh, he actually is uh, an Italian from Friuli, um, a particular area called Colio. His name is Martin Fiegel, and he uh, is uh, here in Australia representing his family's winery, uh, Azienda Agricola Fiegel. And um, just so everyone knows, he's actually um, he's out on the road with me. Uh, in my capacity as uh, the Victorian sales representative for Ladio International. He's one of our producers and um, we're really glad to have him here. And so I, I sort of snuck a bit of time to sit down with him. Uh, and so we're going to have a chat about him and, and his winery. So thank you for joining us, Martin. No, thank you for you, James. Uh, goodbye to all your followers. And uh, <laughs> for me, it's a pleasure to explain my wines and my winery to you and to all of you, all of them. Yes. Um, and obviously I'm, I'm really pleased to be introducing you to some, some of the, the very important wine people here in Melbourne. So, um, tell us what is, uh, so different about Friuli and this particular part of Italy, because uh, Friuli is in the northeastern part of mm-hmm. Italy, uh, has a long history of, of winemaking, like many other parts of Italy. But what is, what is particular about Friuli? Yeah, you know, the, we are just the, the northeast part of Italy. The, we are just on the border with Slovenia, with Austria. So, uh, Friuli, yeah, the wine, the wine's history is, uh, well long, but not so long because, uh, the intensive uh, production of wines, I mean, the, the first thing, uh, wine became in the fifties before mm-hmm. uh, we were under uh, Austro-Hungarian empire. Yes. So for example, my family, uh, changed the family name three times during uh, the history. Okay. Because uh, originally name now is Figel, F-I-E-G-L. Yes. But uh, my name now is Figel in Slovenian. And the uh, nice thing is that, for example, my grandfather, uh, brother is, um, 
it's Fijeli, Italian version, so depend mm -hmm. when uh, someone was born because we changed in hundred years, we changed uh, free uh, free state. I mean, we were Austro-Hungarian, Italian, Yugoslavian, then another time Italian, so was um, so you have a very was a, uh, a very complete identity yeah yeah yeah, yeah. with a very unique identity uh for example my, my stories uh, I, my father my originally my name is from german but we are slovenian we are speaking slovenian too we are living in italy then uh, part of our family came from istria so it's uh yes. it's a big melting pot for uh, for us for for us like i, mean, I think that we represent uh, my family story represents the story of the of the of the area, no? Yes. And uh, about wine, uh, not uh, not so many told you, maybe told you or uh, that um, why we are producing white wine. That's my theory. But we after uh, when we came under Italy, no, uh, Italy is full of red wine. Yes. Uh, south of Italy is making red wine. Um, Tuscany, then Piemonte, all yes. this region were always producing red wine. And uh, we, when we went under Italy, so we had to find a new, a new, a new variety to produce. So the white wine in Italy was not so popular, mm -hmm. and this was one of the regions why uh, Friuli, especially Friuli, now is very famous for white wines. Mm -hmm. no? And uh, uh, we start. Uh, to plant uh, wines in 50s because before when we were uh, during the first world war Oslavia my town where I coming Ecolio uh, all over was completely destroyed yes so we had to rebuild an economy to rebuild uh, everything in this uh, in this place and uh, the first variety that um, we try to uh, to regrow, to replant with Ribola Gialla. Ribola yes. Gialla represents the most important Dijon wine from, from our area. Yes. But uh, we've planted Pinot Grigio too, because for us, we consider Pinot Grigio for our area one of uh, indigenous wines from our area, because uh, Friuli Venezia Giulia is famous all over the world especially Coglio for Pinot Grigio. Yes. Because uh, still now on in Austra on Australian market or uh, in US market or in England, in China, uh, when you are speaking about Friuli, you can find in the wine list, uh, especially Pinot Grigio, no? Yes. Mm -hmm. But certainly Pinot Grigio is considered the Italian white grape variety. Yeah. And I think that people understand that Friuli is sort of one but of the best places for it. Thanks to Friuli. Yes. Now you can find Pinot Grigio all over Sicily, yeah. Puglia, center of Italy. A lot in Veneto. Veneto, but now uh, I, I for me, see for that. me, the, the two the two best areas are Friuli and Alto Adige. That's uh, for sure. Um, yeah, because yeah. of the cooler climate. Yeah, but there's another reason why northeast part of Italy is uh, we are growing uh, white wines because usually. Um, for make good red wines, you need uh, special weather in October, yes. uh, end of September, uh, October has to be, has to be very sun, a lot of sun. And the problem is that uh, uh, in northeast part of Italy, the weather is uh, very changeable in that period. Yes. So it's very hard to have a great uh, uh, reaping of uh, red wines, ripening yes. of red wines. No? Yes. And uh, this was one of the reasons. 
but uh, I can tell you that in the last uh, 10 years, uh, the weather really changed because <laughs> I remember I'm 31 now, but uh, when I was uh, 12 or 14 or 10 years old, I started school in the middle of September. I was very, always very disappointed because I started the harvest in the same time now. So yes. I had to go to school and not to help at home <laughs> for harvest. But uh, in the last 10 years, um, the weather really changed and uh, we are starting the harvest a month before, medium, yes. mediumly. Uh, and uh, in the middle of, of September, we are just uh, uh, picking up uh, red wines. So mm -hmm. it's very, the weather changed, no? And so for this reason, uh, the red wines have a, have a good maturation too. And uh, I think that uh, right now the red wines coming from Friuli are very interesting too, especially Merlot and uh, some Cabernets. You can find really good uh, red wines too now, mm -hmm. right now, in the last uh, five, six vintages, yeah. Okay. Um, before before um, the, the the growth or the, the rebirth of, mm. of Friuli as a wine producing region, um, part of, when it was part of the Austro-Hungarian mm. Empire, uh, actually I, I I met with Antonella Nonino mm -hmm. from the, yeah. the, the great um, uh, Grappa Distillery, mm. and she explained in the in this tasting that um, the part of the the, the the Grappa came from this part of of Italy because of the Austro-Hungarian heritage so i would think that uh, a lot of the the grapes that were grown in the past were possibly used for grappa as well and this is why the these indigenous grape varieties like ribola gialla malvasia picolit this kind of thing they, they are so great for for grappa as well mm -hmm. so yeah the first thing is that uh, you have to know that during the austro-hungarian empire Friuli was considered uh, California from the empire, no? like uh, California for US. I mean, we were the first of all, we had to produce uh, vegetables and uh, fruits. No? And uh, for example, Oslavia before uh, 1928 uh, was all full, uh, were planted olives, uh, I mean, olive tree all over. Yes. We were a great producers of olive oil. Yes. And then after 1928, uh, was a very hard winter and all, all the plants did. So uh, one of the reasons why we we not, we are not producing more olive oil is this. But then uh, when under Italy, all, Italy is full of oil too, no? Yes. Uh, about the varieties, uh, yeah. Uh, why, um, why Ribolla, uh, Glera? Because we have plants, very old plants of Glera, you know which is Glera? Mm -hmm. Glera is the grape for making Prosecco, no? Si. It's called Glera. Uh, all these uh, varieties, Glera, Malvasia, Ribolla, uh, Piccolito, they have, uh, they, um, the plants are producing a lot of grapes, no? Yes. So, you know, in that period was important not the quality, but the quantity, no? Yes. And, uh, um, Ribolla was very nice, it's a very nice grape to see, it's very big, so, it's very um, good to eat too, no? And mm -hmm. so it was uh, not only used like uh, for making uh, wine, uh, but for uh, eating, for eating too, no? For put on the table, no? Mm -hmm. So like Malvasia, like uh, like Picolit, no? It's, it's also um, like uh, Trebbiano. Trebbiano is, I mean, yeah, the exactly. different families yeah, of Trebbiano. Yeah, 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 the, yeah, the, yeah. the same concept the is the other white wine was uh, Trebbiano in the middle of Italy mm -hmm. because... Uh, it's producing, I mean, 
you can have a good quantity with some plants you you can make good uh, quantity of wine but i think it's 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 also very important for for something like grappa um because Trebbiano, grappa, Trebbiano yeah. and um what, what they call it in france is uni blanc mm -hmm. that's the great variety for for cognac Mm -hmm. And that's why that variety is the most planted variety in the world because they use it for a lot of brandy production. Mm -hmm. But uh, we are working with Nolina. I mean, our skins, our grapes, we put after the pressing, we, we sold to Nolino. Sure. So I know them very well. Uh, the another thing about, and they are uh, trying to improve, is uh, distillation of uh, not only grappa. I mean, because grappa is uh, alcoholic uh, made with uh, only with grapes. No? Mm -hmm. But they are now try, uh, trying to improve the production of uh, distillato. Mm -hmm. That's like, uh, I don't know, in English it's like... Uh, uh, it's making spirit. with uh, spirits, making with fruits. Yes. Uh, Slivovitz uh, or... Uh, Kirsch. Kirsch, or uh, very good with peaches, with, uh, made with peaches. So every kind of fruit uh, uh, in our area was distilled, no? Uh, we made alcohol with every kind of fruit. From from Cerises, uh, probably the most the more the most common name for this would be Schnaps. Schnaps, oh, is it's, a, it's a German exactly. name. Schnaps, exactly. My grandfather and me, still and me, I was still uh, calling Schnaps <laughs> the, the, the 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 grappa, whatever, you know. Yes. And Schnaps was made with every kind of fruit. No, so the distillation is, in that period was very important. Production mm -hmm. of every kind of spirit. The another thing is that. Uh, in that period, uh, wine was considered uh, like food for alimentation, uh, for, for uh, like uh, how to explain, was used um, for nourishment. Uh, yeah, come un alimento, no? So mm -hmm. Something to eat. No? Yes, of course. Uh, since uh, 1960s, the middle uh, uh, quantity of wine uh, that everyone drink in Italy was around uh, 65 liters. Yes. Now, what is it now? Now it's like maybe around 30 or maybe less. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's good. because now it's not. Uh, I mean, that time was uh, during the during the lunch or during the dinner. Every family, uh, sons, uh, ki I mean, kids, uh, grandfather, grandmother, drink a glass of wine. Yes, because it was an integration to the food. No. Yes. Uh, now it's just uh, the people are drinking wine for uh, for enjoy for uh, for for like for when they're out for a dinner, but. At home, it's not uh, the, the the people are not drinking more wine like uh, mm. in that years. No, yes. so for this reason, the concept of production of wine changed. No, it's yes. not more aliment and, and for like um, uh, an alimento, no, like a food, but something. Uh, it's a kind of uh, uh, more special. More special, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, one of the interesting things that I found with Friuli is that there are. A lot of there are a lot of different areas, and they're all quite different to each other, um, both geographically and historically. Um, I I spent a bit of time in uh, in a particular part of Collio, around Cormons. Um, how do you distinguish between the different areas? That they that they all they use different grape varieties. The wines. No, the soil different? is completely different. Very different. Okay. Very different. Uh, you start from okay. We can start from Istria from the. Uh, Trieste, the part of uh, that's uh, Carso, called Carso, yes. grass. Uh, the soil that is very calcareous, um, uh, and uh, that area is very popular, Terrano, 
mm-hmm. the wine called Terrano. Yes. And this wine is rich of uh, iron. Okay. It's very nice to visit that area because you can find this, um, what's called cavern holes, no, this cava, no, mm-hmm. uh, uh, natural cava. Caves. Caves, yeah, yes. right. And uh, a lot of cellars are made of winemakers, are very small winemakers. I think that uh, Italian part of Carso, of Cras, is uh, total, uh, total extension is uh, 60 acre, hectares. 60 hectares? Yeah. Are five. It's uh, one big uh, winery. Maybe maybe have around twenty, and then are five or six other small, small. winemakers that have immediately around eight or ten hectares. No, less five. Okay. Right? Yeah. And uh, about white wines, very popular from them are coming Vitosca. I don't know if you listen about this. Is a new grape variety. Yes. Indigenous from that area that's coming very popular. It's called Vitosca. Yes. But the first wine was this red wine called Terrano, rich of iron, because this soil is rich of iron. I mean, very red? Very red, exactly. Okay. Uh, mixed with this uh, calcarean um, yeah. soil, no? Okay. And this is just uh, on the seaside, on northeast part, no? Yes. And then you move northern, and you, you, you find the Isonzo River, no? And Zonzo River is, uh, the soil is uh, sandy, very sandy, very rich of, uh, well, especially sandy and rocks, no? Mm-hmm. And that area is, uh, was famous and still now famous for Refosco, mm-hmm. no? another indigenous red wine from the area. Yes. And then in the last years, uh, a lot of wineries like Yerman, Lisneris, or Digby's name became popular with Pinot Grigio. Because yes. on that soil, it's very, it, uh, is also river is very good area for Pinot Grigio, no? Yes. Then you can move, uh, on east and then you find another river, Italiamento, no? And, uh, this river, uh, uh, the soil is quite similar to Isonzo, but it's more rich, uh, of rocks. It's just only rocks, uh, small rocks, but, uh, a lot of. I mean, but like, like river rocks? It's white, uh, the soil is white because uh, river rocks, yeah, river okay. rocks, yes, you know. So all, alluvial. Alluvial, yeah. And that area is called Grave. Okay. No? Uh, there uh, are producing now a lot of Prosecco or a lot of uh, Pinot Grigio too. But uh, in the last years, uh, they, they can, they start to improve the production of Prosecco. No? Because you know that now Prosecco, we can produce, for example, in Oslavia, we can produce Prosecco. This is part of the DOCG for Prosecco? No, only DOC. Or DOC. The DOCG. And you know why? Why the, was this big extension of Prosecco from Treviso, from Conegliano to all Friuli? You know why? Well, because the market for Prosecco around the world increased? No, because with the new rules about the wines, European rules, no, if you call a wine with the name of a place, of a city, of a town, yes. that place has to be included in the DOC. Yes. Prosecco is a small town in Carso. <laughs> no, and Carso is the more east part of Friuli, just on the border with Slovenia, yes. southern. So the consortia Prosecco from Valdobbiadene, from Conegliano, yes. they had to extend the area from Conegliano west to Prosecco east. So <laughs> they take uh, inside all Friuli and some uh, regions, uh, some other. Uh, uh, like uh, Treviso, Vicenza, and uh, some other parts of Veneto, no? And, uh, and that's how they were able to stay. It's protected because it's it included the... Uh, okay. 
Yeah, and it's dock, no? It's complicated, yeah. Yeah. No, I said the dock, DOCG, DOCG mm-hmm. is only the part in Conegliano. Yes. The old part that was considered Prosecco, no? Yes. But now all this part uh, is Prosecco too. Mm-hmm. Only because this town Prosecco had to be included in the in the DOC in the to, be, to protect for uh, name for new second. European rules, but it's true that and uh, the historicals uh, show that uh, is really coming prosecco from that area. Mm-hmm. I mean, the first sparkling white wine uh, was made in Italian sparkling white wine was made called prosecco was made in Carso in Trieste, <laughs> not in Veneto. No, no? so it's uh, and this is one of the region. Then you move north, norther, and then you find the Collio, are the first hills, no, moving around, uh, along the border with Slovenia. Mm-hmm. After Carso, the first hills are called Collio. Collio is uh, where, uh, where is Soslavia, where I come from, and uh, the soil is rich, is clay, 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 right? Uh, we, and uh, very uh, another characteristic is this kind of. Uh, Rock called uh, Ponca mm-hmm. is very friably. How it's called? Uh, it's very um, porous. Porous, yeah. So it's broken. Yes. Makes soil, no? Yes. And uh, in that area, we it's we, right now are popular Pribola Gialla, Malvasia, and uh, the Friulano too, no? You know, remember Friulano? Which used to be Friulano, And uh, then you move uh, norther to Udine, no? Mm-hmm. Another. Uh, Big city of from Friuli. Is, like Udine actually, is it's not big city because uh, the capital is Trieste. Okay. But uh, our four uh, provinces uh, Trieste, Gorizia, Udine, and Pordenone. No? Mm-hmm. Pordenone is just on the border with Veneto. No? Okay. But all Friuli have like 1,200,000 people. It's not, <laughs> uh, it's maybe, I don't know, uh, a quarter of Melbourne. Yes. I mean, no? Something like that. But um, so Norder is uh, another DOC very important. It's called Colli Orientale del Friuli. Mm-hmm. No, all this long name. And uh, there are making Schiopettino, they are making uh, um, Ramandolo, Indian wines. No, very particular. Ramandolo is considered is the only uh, most famous sweet wine from Friuli. No, called mm-hmm. Ramandolo. No, mm-hmm. but it's a great variety. It's called Ramandolo. And so this is the, and then uh, northern we have the Alps, Julian, Alpi Giuliane, Julian Alps. Mm-hmm. And uh, so these different soils, different uh, uh, altitudes uh, make from Friuli a really special area for making wines. Very diverse. Because, uh, yeah, it's very diverse. And uh, for example, Gorizia is just in the middle, now where I'm coming, Collio is just in the middle, and we have 30 kilometers from. From us is more, we have Alpi Alps mm-hmm. and 30 kilometers we have Adriatic Sea. So yes. we are just in the middle and this make environmental conditional very good for making wines, especially white wines, because these conditions exalting, uh, exalting the, the, the aromas, the, the, of the grape, no? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we obtain really aromatic wines with good flavors, uh, typical, with pretty typical primary aromas coming from the grape, no? Yes. Um, how long ha- has your family had the? Asian yeah, we water? we came from Vin from Vienna in ni- in seventeen eighty two. So we are more than two hundred uh, two centuries there. Mm-hmm. And my family always work in the like an azienda agricola. So we are we were always farmers. No? Mm-hmm. 
we we made the story that I explained before. So we we moved from the kind of production mix mixture. We had cows. We had the uh, fruit where we produce fruits, uh, vegetables, a, like a fattoria. Like a fattoria. Okay. Then we in the after in fifties we start to to grow uh, to plant uh, more uh, vineyards mm -hmm. and. Uh, Before this, you had some, just some small vineyards? Yeah, yeah, because uh, um, we, we, we produced wine, but we didn't produce only wine. I mean, the first, uh, the first, uh, uh, the first business, uh, because it was the first thing that you pick it up, were uh, the Sariesis, Ciliege, uh, you know, the Sariesis, Sarie. Cherry. Cherry, yeah, the first fruit was cherry. For eating? For eating, yeah. Okay. This was the first uh, first money coming in the in the in the farm, no? Because uh, was it was it being used in for, May, for in schnapps? May, you know, yeah. Where it was for schnapps, but not only it was used for uh, for uh, selling for um, for eating just on the tables, no, mm -hmm. the families. And then in fifties we started to grow um, to to improve the production of grapes. Yes. Uh, but uh, first moment, uh, we we sold the grapes to other uh, wineries there. No, to to other yeah to wineries other, or to co co cooperative. Mm, first moment to co cooperative, but then to other wineries uh, that start to make wines okay. no, in the area. But in 1992, so not so long, not so far. I mean, not so long ago. Not long ago. We start to bottle mm -hmm. our uh, production because uh, we are a big family. I mean, in 1992, started my father with two uncles, no? Yes. We are uh, four generation, only boys, no girls. Yes. I had a daughter a year before, <laughs> so my daughter is the first woman in my family after 100 years, no? Wow. <laughs> and, uh, and my father, uh, in 1992, decided to, to start to bottle the wines and then came me, my brother, my cousin, and we improved the, the selling of wines, we improved the, the, the production, we bought other other uh, hectares there and mm -hmm. uh, we improved the, 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 the seller too. We, we tried to make a combination, to find a combination within the tradition and the new technologies. So, yes. uh, And then we try to make a kind of wine that's uh, that's going that's uh, that's going behind the, the the what people want. No, I mean sure. Uh, But so you you mentioned that um, when you were when you were young, 1992, that would have made you 10 years old when um, when your your father and and your uncles decided to to start to produce the wine themselves and sell the wine themselves. Um, this was when you were first being introduced to wine. You start wine was a part of your life. And yeah. Where, and and I, there was there always the um, actually the, you know the, you know uh, to to, to living to living in uh, to living in a, in a winery or in a farm, you start to to work very young. I mean, yes. you have to start to help the parents very early, no. And uh, it's very popular that uh, the sons of farmers going uh, in this, uh, will do the same business like the fathers. So. But um, honestly, I had always uh, I had always the passion for this work. No, I yes. Mean, 
that uh, reminded my uh, thing, a, a situation that reminded my mind was uh, not a 1990 show, but when I was 14, 15, my father told me clear, I mean, he told me, listen, you decide to do, because the tears, I start the school for one maker, no? Yes. And my father told me, okay, you decide to go in this business, no, to, to work with me. But uh, I will. I want to be very honest with you. Here, the problem is not the production of wine, but the problem is sell the wine. Yes, because right now we are selling for. I mean, the time they were selling just for he, for my father, for Chuanka. It's not for more people working there. So if I wanted to stay in the winery and my brother too. Someone had to start to improve the selling of wine. You had to earn your keep. <laughs> so and then um, I always like to to travel to meet uh, new cultures and everything. And uh, okay, I tell to my father, okay, I will start to try to sell more wine. And so it's more than ten years, and I'm I'm travel. I start very young to travel and to sell wines. But but you started but, you you started to study when you were fifteen about wine making. Yeah, fourteen you, uh, from fourteen to twenty. No, six years in Italy. So, the school for winemaker. And you completed this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're you are I am wine a qualified winemaker. Yeah, yes, yes. I worked in Napa Valley for uh, harvest. The only experience okay. that I do uh, around and uh, honestly outside of your own winery. Outside of my winery, and uh, honestly, that's. Uh, um, I like that. Uh, I like to. M my idea was to move more, but uh, I had to stop it at home, so I, I stay at home. No, and I work at home. But my idea was to have other experiences in around uh, around the world. And other how, how did you find the experience of working in a winery in the, the new world? Because uh, I worked in a winery called Luna Vineyards. They are on Silverado Trail, just in yes. Napa. Yes. And uh, the owners uh, came every year in uh, Friuli because they want to plant and to grow uh, Friuli, uh, varieties from Friuli in Napa. Really? Yeah. They are still. They, uh, I made the first harvest of Tokai Friulano in California, in Napa Valley. And uh, so I met them in Friuli and then I asked them if I can go there. Mm -hmm. They had a big production of Pinot Grigio too. And for me it was a great uh, experience every, because I see a new world. My, the idea, uh, um, a great experience not for making wine, honestly, but for selling wine. Yes. Because I think that uh, the big problem of Friuli and of Italy is that... Uh, especially from Friuli is that we don't know to sell very well our products, no? Okay. And uh, I think that uh, Californian producers, they are the best in this. I mean, just the thing to have that I, I, all the vi um, all the wineries have a tasting room. Yes. I Well, for us, it's, uh, I mean, for us, it's something new. Now you were in Friuli last year, so you see that the, the wineries that you visited, all they have a tasting room where they can give you to test the wines and, and introduce and, and sell no what i, but what I believe like. me that since 10 years ago <laughs> the tasting room was just or in the kitchen or uh, outside on the, in the garden they didn't we, for us was uh, something uh, concept very 
uh, hard to do because uh, Friulani, the people from Friuli are very, now are very friendly, but I mean, <laughs> very open and uh, we have a great hospitality and everything. But yeah, believe me that 10 years ago or 15 years ago was very difficult to go in a cellar to taste wines. Yes. Uh, we changed because we had to change because the market changed and today public relations are fundamental it's, uh, it's very, are very important so uh, the first kind of uh, making public relations is to to have a good uh, hospitality in your cellar no of course uh, and uh, but uh, yeah it was Espe- especially because now there are so many more people traveling around the world and so you have people from your know, potential markets in in north america or in in Australia or my family we always make um, we had a, a tasting room or we check we try to to uh, somewhere to welcome people to welcome people yeah yes because for me I'm I, I am always thank you thank you to, uh, to a guy that's coming from the other part of the world to yes. visit me yes so I know what means to travel so if a guy uh, someone take the plane to come from Australia to Oslavia no and he came to visit me i cannot tell him i'm sorry i'm now i am not i'm busy no it's important you have to to forget what are you doing and uh, you have to give a glass of wine and uh, feta di salame to the guests because there's a respect to them because- I, th- I think this this was one of the things i found most fantastic um in italy is that people are very grateful to say you have come so far we would we, we are so grateful for you to, to make the time to come here we want to show you our life uh, yeah. which you want to show you how important we grow and it is. is we grow and it is but believe me that uh, i'm honest with you uh, it's a new concept i mean uh, for but, 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 but for, wine, wine for tourism is was, a concept yeah, that is new in was europe more in toscany they are learn they learn about this now about the wine tourism the toscany they are so, lucky though they've, i mean they are lucky yeah because, because they have Siena, a lot of people Firenze, are going to see and right, feelings yeah, right. anyway so it is not it's not difficult for people to go and visit but some, for free some wineries something in new. and uh, we lose a lot of years uh, just because uh, I think wine tourism will be more and more important in you know Friuli. Why? You know why? We 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 lose many years because we didn't need. I mean, uh, Friuli, uh, wines, white wines from Friuli. All the sellers sold sold the wine, uh, sold out the wine in some months, yes. two three months after. I mean, June, all the sellers were empty. So. Yes. But now, now, now it's globally, now, it's yeah, now it's, uh, many difficult. other countries so are making the, much better quality. The private white wine, uh, so. customers are very important, and uh, uh, for this reason, now the hospitality is very good, it's very nice in but Friuli. What I hope is that what you try to do with in introducing more wine tourism into Friuli is to not try and use the maybe the Californian model. And to try and keep the authentic yeah. character, and to sort of to show, you know, we are, you know, even though we oh, we, yeah. we love to make we make great wines, we are still very simple people, and we we care about the important things, which oh, is no, yeah. hospitality and people and food. Um, I think that is what is lacking from wine tourism in in California and you know probably in Australia as well. I think the new world is actually better at selling wine than they are at making wine, and so maybe there needs to be um, you know this balance that I talk about and, and finding this this equal point to say that we make and great wines and we sell. Right. Uh, I hope and I always hope, uh, but I can um, 
I spoke, I, mean, I was a vice president from Consorzio Collio too, no, I'm young, but uh, when I was 25, I was vice president. And uh, unfortunately, the thing that um, uh, all this uh, uh, politics and all this uh, uh, marketing consultants are, uh, are looking for uh, models outside from Friuli, but no. we don't need nothing. No. We have everything. We have to look inside. I always told them, but you know that we are the only place in the world where someone can go to ski in the morning and in uh, for lunch can be on the on a, on a river and for uh, and during the afternoon can go to swim in a sea it's, uh, it's not uh, so many places like this but not without taking California but yeah but without taking helicopter with yeah, uh, with course. a car and one hour one hour I mean mm -hmm. with two trips of one hour not uh, long trips no and um, then we have a lot of history, no? I mean, uh, we we were a, a big uh, cross uh, crossing point of co different cultures. We have uh, Trieste is very rich of every kind of culture: Jewish, uh, Turkish, uh, uh, Slovenian, Serbian, all. And we and we are looking uh, models from outside. We want to mm. make I don't know what, like making Tuscany or other regions, but. I don't know why. Friuli is like everything. the Vienna of Italy. Exactly. Yeah, we haven't to use. Uh, we we can make tourists without spending money. Mm -hmm. Without spending, just to opening our houses, to opening our gardens, to opening our cellars, and that's it. But I think we that's part of the money. reason that people come to Italy anyway. They 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 want to have this very rural and simple and yeah. authentic yeah. and and just generous. I, people. I don't like. Uh, I'm uh, I'm sorry, but. Uh, uh, in our job, our business, in wine business, it are a lot uh, artificial producers. Yes. A lot of these organic producers and uh, not only uh, big uh, producers uh, that uh, know that people know all over the world. A lot of them are artificial. It's, uh, they are want to make uh, uh, something that is not. Uh, they are not really like that. No. Yes. I mean. And uh, that is was a thing that I always. Uh, that I never, I never loved in uh, in our business in wine wine world. No, mm -hmm. the wine world there are really, believe me, a lot of uh, artificial pers um, personalities uh, that are famous but artificial because know them. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know personally them and I know how are really them. And uh, so for this reason, uh, I try always to be uh, very spontaneously and telling what I'm really believing and uh, uh, I see that the first moment maybe you are not so attractive but uh, then uh, after years uh, uh, the people uh, when start to know more about the wine about everything they prefer that they, they start to understand who is real personality and who is not uh, who is artificial no? you know you know this story of the the ugly duckling it's you know, like baby, like small ducks, and, ah, and, yeah, was, yeah, and yeah. then his family, ah, and there's the one it. duck, ah, and okay, they said, yeah. oh, it, it looks, looks so strange, yeah, and then right, it yeah. grew up, and it was a swan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, I think is a, a very good analogy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, um, in the last 10 years, you have been um, responsible for the, the promotion and the selling of wine, um, and you said that you have been doing a lot of travel where where have you spent a lot of time in traveling and talking about your wines and your region especially in uh, you on u.s market no u.s market is uh, especially east coast new york uh, 
Uh, Boston, Boston yeah, Chicago. Uh, yeah, my, New York is right now is still the first uh, market for uh, for wine. Of course, not only Italian, but for every kind of wine. Yes, and it's very important um, market still now, but uh, changed in the last uh, two three years. Changed a lot. Uh, I see the last trip that I made in this uh, this summer in June. I see that a lot of Italian restaurants, important Italian restaurants, restaurants closed. Why do you think this is? By, is this, I mean, it's just, of course, it's economics, but, by, but particularly, yeah, is it, I especially people losing for, interest in Italian restaurants or Italian. One of the reasons is that for sure, because uh, in the last years, grow the ethnic food, uh, not only Italian but Taiwan, Chinese, uh, Japanese, all this kind of food. Good quality food, yes. An expensive restaurant, not uh, not like before that were only takeaway and this kind of just street food. But now uh, are coming uh, up uh, important restaurants with ethnic food. No, A bit I think more that here is the same. Maybe edgy, more, yes. Yeah, I see. For example, yesterday evening that here is the same. And um, another thing is that. Uh, the people haven't money, like, I mean, they haven't spent so much, so. Okay. It's like economical, uh, an economical uh, crisis too, no? Of course. Uh, the same is in, Gen- in, in Germany. Yes. In Germany, you can go in Munich, Monaco, or uh, you can go north, Dusseldorf, other these big uh, cities. Cologne, yes. Cologne, you will see the people outside during the evening. They are all, all, all the people, all the pubs uh, or bars I mean another uh, how's it called um, the beer uh, beer hall the beer hall uh, full, house. full yeah full mm-hmm. and uh, no full of people yes but how, is, how much you spend there Not maybe much. with 10 euro 10 yeah. euro you are full of beer and no eating you eat just the sausages mm-hmm. eat the drink uh, 10 5 beers and yes. then you go beer home. is very cheap in Germany <laughs> Italian restaurant is uh, it's a very bad moment for them in January in, uh, sorry, in, in ge- general ge- in um, Germany because um, where you spend 50 60 euros 35 euros is too expensive right now what what happened um, in in Melbourne to a large extent is uh, is what you're talking about. That happened about I think five or ten years ago. Um, there were many many Italian restaurants that the prices had crept up very slowly and slowly, and then at, at some point they sort of became a little bit either too expensive or they were sort of they were just they weren't trying very hard and they were just very inauthentic. And then uh, about five or ten years ago, there started to arrive this new trend of much more simple, much more rustic and authentic food. And so even in historic, uh, historically very strong areas for Italian restaurants, where now it became a lot more touristic, um, there, there emerged this new sort of pizza culture. Um, now there's very, very vibrant culture for pizzas and they're still not too expensive but but it's 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 really um doing very well do you think that this is something that, that needs to happen somewhere like new york um where there needs to be this rebirth a reimagining of what italian italian food is right and i think and i think a part of that is that they are introducing these much more authentic um rustic wines like very simple just very enjoyable table wine 
um, you know, from from these authentic, uh, so indigenous grape varieties that people just just drink and enjoy, and it's it's friendly and and it's what Italian life is like. It's particularly rural Italian life. Well, very you, very well, beautiful, very your simple. Your life is perfect. I mean, this is a real true now moment. Uh, this is a real picture of the moment now. Uh, these restaurants that you tell uh, told that uh, start another time to improve the the simple quality of the food of the simple the simplicity i mean mm-hmm. not the complication not the uh, novel cuisine or this kind but the simply i mean i see in new york the same the italian restaurants that are working are italian restaurants where you can eat uh, really pizza yes it's very simple pizza with some tomato and some uh, buffalo and mm-hmm. that's it but mm-hmm. good uh, mat- uh, good materials i mean good food yes coming uh, uh, and uh, with a good price too. I mean, not mean six dollars, but ten, twelve dollars, yeah, yeah. fifteen dollars. But a honest, bit more than you would dollar. spend in Napoli. Yeah, right. Exactly the same. Like to spend. But for me, I remember when I started to to travel ten years old. When I went to New York or to other places, uh, usually I always eat in Italian restaurants because Italian wines. Why we can sell a lot of Italian wine all over the world because they are Italian restaurants. No? Yes. I mean, they are... Our... In the same way that you can sell Guinness all around the world yeah, because they yeah. are Irish pa, pa. pubs. Yeah, right. Because uh, uh, Italian restaurants are our ambassadors all over the world. Pizza. No? That's, yeah. <laughs> That's the big, uh, the big value for Italian wines, no? But uh, I always told... Uh, it's, it's unbelievable that I have to go in New York or uh, I don't know where to eat real Italian food, <laughs> no? I mean, in the last years, it became that you told. They improved the prices, but the quality better every time, better yes. every time, better. They start to take not the pomo- tomato or uh, cheese from Italy, but from mozzarella from, I don't know, from Brooklyn or from, I don't know where, for example, mm-hmm. no? just to just to uh, preserve $2 or $3, no? Yes. Just to improve the profits and uh, we lose everything yes that's typical from italians i mean when something is going well we try to make more money without uh, to spend spend less no yes and, yes and now in the i i think i think I, people I, are now uh but more and more appreciating maybe more italian restaurants than in new york it's true uh probably i mean I for f- the for the population for many are here how many Italian restaurants? No. I think, you know, maybe about 500,000 mm-hmm. at least. But I mean, it depends what you classify as an Italian restaurant. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay, like yeah. if just a, no, no, a place no, no. that makes Italian, pizza, yeah. maybe not. But, but Only the, from Italian. I, I can tell you that the number of new Italian restaurants that have opened up in Melbourne has been incredible. Like every every year there's at least sort of four or five new you know, good Italian restaurants are opening up and, and, and people are saying, how is it possible that people in Melbourne aren't tired of Italian food is because what, what the, the thing that the, if I have one adjective that I think perfectly explains what Italy is, it's uncomplicated. <laughs> this for me is exactly everything. <laughs> the best of what Italy is, is completely uncomplicated. And that, right. that applies to any of the produce, the way of life, the people, the way right. people interact. It's uncomplicated. People, people don't overthink things. They're just, they're, they live and, and love. And, and this, this is what, what, what 
is so romantic about the Italian way. Yeah. I think, particularly when you compare it to somewhere like France, France is much more complicated. It's it's complex, you know, and and you think about just the food and the wine perfectly sums up that that compared to Italian. I think that's possibly why people think um, of Italian wine very simply, but. That's not a bad thing. I think that, no, that exactly, it's, yeah. that's what life needs to have more of is uncomplicated elements. I told you that you have a, before that you have the right idea about wine. No, <laughs> maybe you will explain them next future, but I am completely, I think that uh, your trip in Italy, you understand really the Italian world. And uh, I think that you can really explain to the customers from Australia, what mean Italia, no? Yeah. I, I hope so. <laughs> um, well, I think uh, it, it, it's been a really good discussion, a really interesting. It's nice to sort of to hear more about yourself and your winery and, and, and how you view particularly Italian wine in, in the market. Um, so I really appreciate you to spend the time with me. Thank you very much. Well, for me, it was a pleasure. And I hope next year when I come back to have another interview with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, please do um, seek out uh, Azienda Agricola. Uh, Fiegel, um, their wines are available in uh, many countries and and hopefully in the future many more um, pushing into new markets uh, and um, make sure you follow uh, the, the on Twitter it's um, at as az Fiegel F-I-E-G-L uh, and, and then you can find out all the information um, as it happens um, but, but thank you again for joining us it was a pleasure Goodbye. Ciao. Uh, thank you very much for listening, guys. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Intrepid Wino, or you can follow the podcast at The Vincast. Please do visit my blog, www.intrepidwino.com, uh, and find out um, everything that's been happening. And also, you can listen to the podcast there. You can also listen to it on iTunes. Um, please make sure you subscribe. Uh, and when you get an opportunity, please rate and comment. I would love to hear from you. Uh, and until next time, we will see you soon. Bye.